Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the study and application of His Word. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Today on Drawing Near, we have a birth announcement. A baby is born. And although we often see each birth as unique and special, never has a child been born like this. For this child is Emmanuel, God with us. I encourage you to take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 2 as we study A Savior is Born. Before we look at the scripture, let's pray together. And our Heavenly Father and Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this particular passage of scripture. The announcement, the simple announcement from Luke, that Jesus is born. There should have been fireworks. All of Bethlehem should have come and bowed down. But he's born in simple obscurity, in a humble setting. He is not born like a king. He's born like a peasant. And yet he is the king. He is the savior of the world. Help us, Father, to take time to pause over this birth to linger a few moments extra, because the birth of Jesus Christ is the greatest event in all of history, except for maybe the cross and his resurrection. Father, guide us in our study. Give us understanding. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 2 opens with Mary and Joseph on their way to Bethlehem from Nazareth. They're on their way because of a Roman decree for a census to be taken in all the Roman world. Joseph has to go to Bethlehem because he's of the house and lineage of David. What's not stated in Luke is Mary is also of the house and lineage of David, and she carries the heir to David's throne within her womb. She is literally the vessel who is carrying the one who will sit on David's throne forever back to Bethlehem. What an amazing thought. And so they're on their way to Bethlehem to be registered. And we're told in verse 6, one of the simplest statements in all of the Bible. It's simple because of the declaration that it makes. Verse 6 reads, And while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. We're not told how long they'd been in Bethlehem before she gave birth. We don't know if it was days or weeks. We have no way of knowing. But while she was there, the days were completed for her to give birth. So she goes into labor. She has this child. And we're told and she gave birth to her firstborn son, which makes sense because she was a virgin. It also indicates that she's going to have other children. And we know that from the scriptures. Two of them become very prominent in the church later on. And so she gave birth to her firstborn son. This firstborn son is not just her firstborn son, but it is God's firstborn son. Joseph will raise this child as if this child were his very own. We're certain of that. And yet he's not Joseph's son, but he is God's son. And so in this moment, we see the most unique experience in all of humankind. God and mankind are joined together in this baby born in Bethlehem. 
Jesus is God with us. He doesn't simply represent God for us. He's not simply a prophet pointing us to God. He is God come down to us. The theological term is he condescended. He came down to where we are. He humbled himself. According to Philippians chapter 2, he did not consider equality with God something to be clung to. He became a little lower than the angels as he is born in this world. Now, we are not told about conversations or any of those things that take place between the Father and the Son about this event. Jesus was with the Father from eternity past. He was there working in creation. He saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He is God, and now he's God and man. 100% God, yet 100% man. We don't understand how this union works, but this was necessary, and it was necessary that he be born of a virgin, so that he would not inherit Adam's sin through Joseph. Yet he can be tempted with sin and not sin. None of us have that ability, only Jesus, because being born of a virgin, he has deity flowing through his body. And so although he is tempted, he is yet without sin. That enables him to be the sacrifice for our sin, the perfect spotless Lamb of God without blemish. And so Mary gives birth to the Lord Jesus. And we're told further on in verse 7, and she wrapped him in claws. The King James Version says wrapped him in swaddling claws and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. It is clear from this statement that Bethlehem was bulging at the seams because of the census. Not only was Bethlehem bulging, but the inns were bulging. The homes were bulging. There was no room in the inn for Mary and Joseph, for a pregnant woman and her future child. Not only was there no room in the inn, there was no room in anyone's home. It was Jewish custom, Jewish tradition, that if someone knocked on your door, that you open the door and let your Jewish brethren in, that you fed them, that you sheltered them for the evening and let them in. This passage indicates that every bed was full, every home was full. So this census had literally packed Bethlehem to the point that a woman who was pregnant and ready to go into labor, ready to give birth, could not find a bed for her or her child. And so because there was no room for them in the inn, Mary gives birth and lays her baby in a feeding trough, in a manger. This is not the pristine manger that we see in our nativity scenes. It's a feeding trough. It's where there were bits of food, straw, hay, animal slobber. I mean, this was a disgusting place to lay a baby. Any baby, much less a baby who should have been born in a king's chamber. This is the Lord Jesus, and it's indicative of the fact that the King of Kings has come into this world, and rather than the pomp and the splendor that a human prince might experience, Jesus Christ is simply laid in a manger. We have this sense that it's a quiet, humble, innocent sort of picture, but in fact, the very idea that he was there in the first place meant that there were plenty of animals in Bethlehem and lots of commotion and lots of moving and bustling about. 
we have no concept of what was involved in this birth, this delivery, and the first few days of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's really remarkable to consider that the King and the Creator of all of the earth doesn't have a bed to lie in, that no one recognizes who he is in Bethlehem. The Messiah has come to Israel, and Israel is unaware. Our Savior has come to us. I pray that we are not unaware. We need to bow down. We need to worship and adore him. We need to shout to the highest heavens that the King has come and that he's coming again. Jesus is worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. It's due to him from us, especially from us who are his servants. If not us, then who? I'm reminded of the words of Jesus during his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. When the Pharisees hollered at Jesus to have all the multitude stop praising him, he says, if these do not praise me, then the rocks and stones will cry out. May the rocks and stones never cry out and worship because we refuse to. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for the beauty of this picture. Not the beauty of a pristine manger birth, but rather the beauty of your love displayed in sending your Son into this world to pay for our sins, to become sin for us, to ransom us back to you. Father, move in our hearts and our minds. Give us some kind of clarity or understanding, even a faint understanding, of what it is for Jesus to condescend to become man so that he might become our sacrifice. And Father, give us faith, faith to trust in him, faith to follow him, and faith to proclaim him. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.